Hi everybody and welcome to part seven of Suit Up. Today we're gonna to be taking a look at the final piece of armor, which is the Shield of Faith. And we're actually busy filming on Signal Hill right now. Uh, you'll understand a little bit more as we go along, but, but one of the reasons is because um, I feel like I had to actually exercise faith on this hill uh, some time ago when I literally had to run and jump off, but I'll explain a bit more about that in a moment. I want to just quickly recap the whole idea uh, behind this series has been, uh, I would say it's almost captured in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, where it says, this is Paul speaking, he says a final word after he said everything else in the book of Ephesians, he says, be strong in the Lord. We're in a season, in fact every season really we need to be strong, but in this season in particular we're needing to be strong, but not just to be strong, we need to be strong in the Lord. This isn't just about grit and determination. The rest of this passage actually goes on to tell us how we can be strong in God. Now there's a responsibility that we have to be diligent, to be strong uh, in those areas that are within our control. But really, uh, when we've done all that we can, there's a, a level, uh, there's an element to which we have to find our strength in God. It goes on in verse 11 to say, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand. We are in a battle. The world thinks we're in a battle against the virus and that's very real and, and we're in a battle with the economy and, and in fact I think we're in a battle with depression. I think a lot of people the longer we're isolated are struggling more and more and these are significant challenges but even more than that like, like there's, there's a battle behind the battle and we have a very very real enemy and so he offers us a strategy then verse 13 says therefore put on every piece of God's armor again it says so that you'll be able to resist the enemy and so if you haven't I would encourage you to go back and watch some of the messages uh, from earlier on in the series because we took a look at some of the pieces of armor that's actually made available to people that are surrendering their lives to Jesus people that are trying to follow God. You might not do it perfectly, but we are encouraged constantly, daily, to put on every piece of armor. Daily to keep walking in truth, the truth of God, the truth of integrity. We are constantly encouraged to be living uh, righteously, where we both um, accept the righteousness that Jesus has given us, but also where we commit to right living. And the more that we live rightly, the more we get to possess. Um, the promises and we and we get to uh, reap the the rewards of a life that is surrendered to God. Uh, we've spoken about the peace uh, that is offered to us and, and how we live lives that are prepared to share the good news. Last week Moffat did a phenomenal job uh, explaining how we, how we put on salvation every day, how we can actually live with a helmet of salvation that protects our minds, it protects our lives as we keep walking in that security and Tammy did a great message on uh, the sword of the Spirit, God's Word, the Bible, how we both um, uh, continue to, to digest it for our own strength and identity but we're also able to use it as a sword, as a weapon to actually push back and to take territory and to fight back. So today we get to the shield of faith, in fact in verse 16 it says in addition to all of these, hold up the shield of faith. In addition to truth, peace, the sword of the Spirit, in addition to right living, in addition to everything, hold up, pick up, carry the shield of faith. I think part of the reason for this imagery that Paul is using 
is because in a, in a way it almost protects all these other things. Uh, there are going to be days where you just don't feel like you are living righteously enough. And you're going to need faith to trust God that His righteousness is enough. There are going to be days where you're going to feel like, I think I know the truth theoretically, but I'm not sure that I'm sold out. And you're going to need faith. There are going to be days where you think you're holding on to truth. or you, There are going to be days where, where, where you think, you know, like you're trying to have peace, but you just can't find it. You don't see it. We're going to have to hold up the shield of faith. It protects all the other pieces of the armor. And it goes on to say, because it stops the fiery arrows of the devil. Again, you have an enemy, a very real enemy. Personally, I think most of his attacks against us are all in the realm of deception. They, they're blatant lies or half-truths or just simply trying to sow seeds of doubt. So I want to take a look at at just how, uh, kind of like what faith is and how we can develop this. But before anything else, in the most simplest of terms, I believe that faith is simply trusting in someone or something. That's all that faith is. I mean, you can give a far more complex definition, but faith is trusting in someone or something. We all have faith. The only question is, what do we have faith in? So all of your faith may be in yourself. It may be in... It may, use, it may have been in your pension fund or in your bank account or in your investment portfolio or in you know, your, your career. Every time you get into a car, you're exercising faith. Every time you get into a taxi, you're exercising faith. Every time you get onto an airplane, you're exercising faith. We all exercise faith. If you've ever driven with Jessica the toy, then you're not putting faith in her. You're putting faith in the Lord. We, we all exercise faith somewhere along the line. And of course, my encouragement to you is to make sure that we're regularly checking that our faith is being placed in the correct place. Our faith needs to be in the Father, not in faith. I feel like for so many years uh, as a young adult, I would hear people talking about faith and, and I almost got the impression as though they were teaching that as long as you just have enough faith, you can do whatever you want, you can have whatever you want. And really, they were putting faith in faith. And that's a form, in my opinion, of superstition, which is bordering on witchcraft or magic. The control is in your hands, and we're not actually putting faith in God where we are fully, fully surrendered to Him and to His will and to what He wants to do in our life. So faith isn't just trusting God to get exactly what we want. Faith is ultimately faith in God. It's faith in our Father, and it is being completely confident in Him. There are a couple of facts about faith, four facts in fact. Number one, faith involves risk. It involves risk. You wouldn't need faith if you were 100% confident that you're going to get what you want. In fact, literally just a few meters away from where I'm standing right now, on the other side of this hill, uh, I had to run down the hill, kind of run down this mountain in order to be able to lift off and paraglide with Steve Bird. Some of you might have been paragliding before or maybe you've even been with Steve or Carolina. It's a bit of a weird experience, frankly, where you're hoping that, that this all works out. Uh, you, you're, you're hoping that you're going to lift off the ground. There is a risk. In fact, to be honest with you, just behind me is Lion's Head. One day, uh, I was hiking on Lion's Head quite a few years ago and I actually saw some people trying to paraglide and I saw it fail badly and they kind of went sliding and, and tumbling quite bad. Now, I don't want to discourage you from paraglide, uh, but, but I'm saying there's a risk. You are hoping and it's okay. There are times where you're going to put your faith in God and you're hoping it works out. 
That's okay. That's faith. Don't be insecure. Don't be discouraged by that. We see Peter who, who had to exercise faith as he dared to step out onto the water. Or Moses who was terrified and inferior and intimidated and insecure. Who had to step out and risk his life, frankly, in daring to obey what he thought was God's word to rescue the Israelites. And I think that every time you choose to forgive someone, there's a risk. Every time, every time you choose to give generously to something or someone, there's a risk. Every time you choose to honor God in your business or with your tax, where in the natural, your math, you know, you're saying, I need to hang on to this, and, but, I, but I believe this is what integrity looks like and I'm going to honor God. Well, that's a risk. In fact, even for those of you that might be starting to dare to trust God to be your Lord and Savior, there's a risk involved. A second uh, kind of fact about faith is that faith requires obedience. Faith is not empty. In fact, there's a passage of scripture that says that faith without works is dead. There, there's, there's, something, there's something in us, in our human nature, that tends to think that when God convinces me, then I'll trust Him. Yet there's this weird, almost like counterintuitive fluidity, this, this relationship with faith where we actually, it's actually as we think God has spoken and we step out and we obey that we become more confident and we trust more and then we obey more and, and it's this process. Faith requires obedience. Somewhere along the line, you're going to have to actually just step out and give it a go. Third, faith takes effort. If you think of the imagery of holding on to a shield, by the way, a shield used to be about, about four, four feet tall, so probably up to about over here for me, or roughly the, the height of Esmeralda Donson, uh, about two and a half meters, uh, sorry, two and a half feet wide, maybe, you know, as wide as I am. It, it, and it was pretty heavy. It took effort to hold on to the shield. It took effort to lift it up when, when the fiery darts are, are heading towards your heart or, or your head. It takes effort. It's okay. It's okay for you to feel like faith is taking effort. Don't be discouraged and don't be super spiritual. Just keep carrying on, lifting it up. And by the way, when you're struggling, when you're tired, that's when we need friends. Friends help us in our faith. And then lastly, faith uh, develops over time. I mentioned Steve earlier and us paragliding off this hill. Truth be told, I, I knew Steve for a few years before this. I'm not sure that I would have gone paragliding <laughs> if I didn't know Steve. I had developed a level of trust in Steve over the years. Um, I knew that he had done this hundreds if not thousands of times before uh, with other people. I know Steve is not reckless. I know Steve is not careless. So, so it, it actually developed over time. Don't be discouraged. Don't beat yourself up when you are struggling. You, know, you might feel like your faith level is not the same as someone else's. That's okay. It takes time. Again, it's faith in the Father, not in faith. And faith in our Father is a process. It's a relationship. In fact, as time goes on, and as we continue to put faith in God, we put faith in His system. I think with Steve, I didn't just put faith in Steve that he would be okay. I trusted Steve. I had faith in Steve's system, that he had, that he had packed this canopy you know, correctly, that the cables were not uh, you know, mixed up at all. I, I didn't just trust Steve. I trusted Steve's system and in the same way when we are trusting God over time we're actually trusting God's system we're trusting God's system when it comes to 
obedience. We trust in God's system when it comes to sexuality. We trust in God's system when it comes to family and relationships and forgiveness. We trust in God's system when it comes to generosity and, and, and living a, an unselfish, generous life where we are living for others. It, we're trusting in God's system when we are trusting in His plan for, for the church. Our, tr- our trust in Him, our faith in God will be transferred to his system. Then, just a few different fruits. Four fruits of faith. Like, why, why is it worth continuing to put effort into faith, holding up the shield of faith? First, I think that faith helps us to focus. It helps us to focus. And in, and in this sense, I'm referring in particular to our identity. I mentioned a few moments ago that I believe that the enemy attacks us most in our identity. He attacks us most with lies, with half-truths, with doubt. I think he does everything he can to attack your sense of who you are and whose you are. I think the reason for this is that if the enemy can disturb your identity, he can destroy your destiny. If he can disturb your identity, he can thoroughly destroy your destiny. And sometimes I think the enemy is far more concerned with our destiny than what we are. And so I want to encourage you to keep focusing your faith. Faith helps us to focus on who we are and whose we are. And by that, I don't mean positive talk and pumping ourselves up. No, no, it's getting into the Word of God. It is, it's slowing down enough. Because some of you have been around long enough where you know all the truths. Like, you know the theory. Yeah, yeah, God loves me. I've got a purpose. I've got a destiny. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you're like, it doesn't do much to you. And that's because we're only keeping it at an intellectual level. We need to actually slow down. And, and this isn't a token little tick the box, quiet time once in a blue moon. No, no, this is actually abiding in God constantly, consistently, where we slow down enough to allow God to remind us of the truths that we know, allow those truths to sink in about who we are and whose we are. And so that we allow him to actually focus our identity. Next, I believe that faith, one of the fruits of faith is that it helps us to fly. Again, everything about today's uh, message based here on Signal Hill is, is kind of around this whole analogy that it takes faith to actually lift off. It takes faith to run off of a mountain and, and to hope for the best. There's something about faith that allows us to fly above our circumstances. Faith lifts us above our perspective. Faith changes our perspective. Too often, and I'm speaking for myself, too often I'm just distracted with and discouraged by and and challenged by what's going on immediately in front of me. And I think that God is so eager to actually lift us above our circumstances to to just, in fact, that's one of the reasons why I love coming to Table Mountain or Lion's Head or, or even a place like this where, where you can just look out over the bay, look out over Mullington, look out over the broader Cape Town. It, it changes my perspective. Roughly 10 years ago, I, uh, sorry, 20 years ago, actually, close to 20 years ago, I went on my first missions trip. This was to Mozambique. Um, it was a rough trip. For, for many different reasons, I got horribly sick. This was long before you could you know, text and WhatsApp and, and get hold of. At that stage, my, my, my young new wife, uh, there was no hot water, so I was freezing when I tried to have a shower and I get cold just under normal circumstances. Um, all, all very challenging, but what I didn't realize was just how thoroughly acclimatized or acclimated I had become to how dark it was. I didn't, 
I didn't realize that I was living under a permanent cloud for 10 days. For 10 days, it was just this permanent overcast environment. And I was only on that last day, as we flew out of Kilimani, and we broke through this cloud barrier, that kind of into brilliant sunlight that I actually realized just how comfortable and familiar and acclimated I had become to living in a level of darkness. And my challenge to you is that I think for many of us, it's like the frog, you know, in, in boiling water scenario where I think we've become so used to, uh, yeah, just, just seeing life a certain way, so used to living under a certain weight, so used to just, just kind of settling for less. And I think that God wants to give us the faith to fly. Practically speaking, I think the ways that we fly, the ways that we lift up above our circumstances, the way that we lift up beyond our circumstances are things like worship. The, I mean, even just on the way here today, it was amazing. The, 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 the way that just meditating on truths of God in worship, it just lifts my perspective. And um, prayer, I'm going to talk about this next week. Prayer lifts our perspective as we slow down, as we connect with God, as we talk to Him, as we try and listen to Him. Of course, reflecting on Scripture, very little is going to renew your mind as much as reflecting on Scripture and what I would call formational fellowship, where you're allowing people. In fact, interestingly, many scholars uh, make reference to the fact that, that back in the day that Paul is writing about, that the soldiers would actually link together. Their, their shields were created in such a way that they could actually link shields together. And it was impenetrable from all of the fiery darts. So they actually needed one another. So people actually had your sides and your back and above you. But not only that, they were actually able to, when they were linked together properly, they were actually able to move forward and to actually take territory. So yes, there are times where we need other people. So we need worship, prayer, the Bible, informational uh, fellowship. By the way, just to encourage you, ironically, <laughs> I would say that, that flight and faith often requires patience. It often involves patience. It, it, it stood out to me on the day that I went flying with Steve. We were harnessed in. He'd given me all the instructions I needed. Like we were ready. We were ready to fly. And then we had to wait. There was no wind. Like it was just chilled. It was like, like it is right now. But, but, but Steve was confident that a wind was going to come. So just Jason, wait, relax, chill out, just wait, wait. So I'm literally standing there. I mean, I'm strapped to, to Steve. Steve's behind me. And he's like, just wait, just wait. We stood there for, I don't know for how long, but it was a long time. And then you would see this, this like little wind pick up and you see the dust moving. And he's like, no, no, it's just a whirly, just a whirly. No, no, not yet, not yet. And we waited and we waited. I'd done everything I could. I was prepared. I was ready. I was positioned. But then we had to wait. But what's amazing is that the moment the wind was right, Steve was like, run. And then I had to run. In fact, it looks quite funny. And, and we have a little bit of footage that we'll try and overlay uh, right now where, where we are running down the hill. In fact, you have to run with so much confidence that, 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 the, that the instruction is even... Even once we're in the egg, just keep on running. Keep on running in case we dip back down again so that you'll carry on running. Otherwise, I think you'd trip over yourself. The fact is that when we want to fly, sometimes we need patience. So my encouragement to you is just to carry on reading the Bible. Carry on worshiping. Carry on praying. Carry on fellowshipping. It is 
worth it. In fact, this is, this is even just a clip of one of our other young guys in the church, Leon. He also went for a flight with Steve. Take a look at his face. I mean, it's, it, listen, this even makes my stomach turn as you just, just see them doing these, these turns in the air. Like the pressure on your stomach is hectic. I have a little bit of motion sickness. But look at the smile on his face. He is loving this. It's worth it. I want to encourage you. The weight is worth it. Investing is worth it. Positioning yourself is worth it. Faith helps us to fly, to, to change our perspective, to lift above our circumstances. Number three, I think that faith helps us to fight. And by that, I'm referring to purpose. We need to keep fighting the real enemy. I can't tell you how burdened I am at the moment and how often I'm burdened in my own life. Like this is stuff that I feel like God's been talking to me about. But also as I talk to other people, how so often we think we're fighting against flesh and blood. And I think God's saying, no, no, you're not fighting against flesh and blood. There's a real enemy. You're not fighting, you're not fighting with flesh and blood. You're fighting for flesh and blood. God isn't wanting us to fight with people ultimately. I mean, yes, there are issues relating to justice. That's a different story. But, but when you think of your colleagues, your family, your neighbors, people in the church, I'm just telling you guys, they're not the real enemy. We're not, we're not wanting to fight with people. We're wanting to fight for people. Our highest purpose in this life, guys, we're not home. Heaven is our home. Let's stop trying to make earth as comfortable and as pleasurable as possible. Our highest purpose is not pleasure, it's people. Our highest purpose is not pleasure, it's people. They are worth fighting for. Um, it's worth not giving up when you're discouraged. It's worth not giving up when you're disappointed or when you feel disqualified. Hey, I can't tell you how often I have to push through disappointment, discouragement, and very often feeling disqualified for the various roles that it just seems like God puts me into. And that's where I've got to remember that God used a prostitute, God used a murderer, God used the melancholic, God used the suicidal, God used those who spoke long before they thought, God used those who'd committed adultery. Any person that's willing to keep turning back to God and getting back up after they fail, God wants to use them. I want to encourage you that faith does not see others as they are. It sees them as they can be. Faith doesn't see people as they are right now. And I'm, I'm just, I'm begging you. There are people in your family, there are people at work, at school, maybe even in the church, where God wants you to see them not as they are, but as they can be. And lastly, I want to encourage you that faith gives us hope for the future. We need faith to focus. We need faith to fly. We need faith to fight. But we also need faith for the future, man. Hopefully you've seen the mountain behind me has been lighting up as I've been talking today. When we drove here this morning, it was dark. It was beautiful seeing the lights and, and all the rest, but it was dark. But there was this, this I don't even have to think about it. There was this confidence that the sun was going to rise again today. And again, I feel like there's so many circumstances that so many of us are facing. Some of you are in a season of incredible suffering. I want to encourage you that the sun is going to rise again. Winter will become spring and then summer. COVID will, somewhere along the line, become manageable. Somewhere along the line, you're going to be able to hug people again and socialize the way that you want to. 
and frankly, and, and I don't mean this insensitively, worst case scenario, worst case scenario, the sun will rise on the other side of eternity. One day I'm going to die. That could be today. That could be 10 years from now. That could be 40 years from now. Worst case scenario, guys, to go to spend eternity with God is not a uh, demotion. It's the ultimate promotion. But for while we are here on earth, we can endure suffering. We can endure challenges. We can have faith for the future. Psalm 37 verse 5 says, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. We're recording this in the morning because I want you to get this imagery. Joy will come in the morning. Keep persevering. Keep worshiping. Keep reading the Bible. Keep praying. Keep, keep connecting with the right people, whether it's via a WhatsApp text message, whether it's through a phone call, whether it's through a Zoom call, whether it's through shouting at each other from a distance. Do whatever you can to keep strengthening and nurturing your faith. When you've done all you can to stand, when you've done all you can to be strong, I want to encourage you to rest in God. Rest takes faith. When you're still in the dark night of the soul and you're not sure when morning's going to come, it takes faith to rest in God. And my final encouragement is that, is that faith, every faith journey starts with a single step. Every faith journey starts the single step. Every faith journey continues with a single step. What is your step today? Where is God inviting you? I'm not even sure that God's even commanding you and, and, and pressuring you. I think God's inviting you to actually exercise faith. Is there some area where God's wanting you to refocus your identity on who you are and who you are? Is there some area where God is wanting you to trust Him, to lift your perspective above where you are and beyond where you are to where you're trusting God for His perspective. Is there someone that He's challenging you, inviting you to fight for? Or maybe you're just someone right now where you just need enough faith to believe that there is a future. Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you would help us to recognize that invitation to walk with you. God, what an incredible blessing to, to even just reflect on the beginning of Psalm 23 where, where it declares that you are our shepherd. You, you are caring for us. You're inviting us and leading us beside quiet waters. You restore our soul. You guide us. You lead us. Father, would you help us to trust you? Would you help us to keep saying yes to the next invitation? Help us to keep taking that next step. And Lord, for people that are maybe watching or listening today, and they're making a decision to actually entrust their lives to you for the first time, to begin a relationship with you. God, would you help them to know that they know that they know that they are forgiven, that they've been set free, and that you have a future for them and help them to persevere as they take one step at a time. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless you. May God continue to give you grace and peace as you Lift up the shield of faith and exercise faith in the week ahead.